Welcome to F That, Breaking the Rules of Online Business. It's a podcast where I'm here to call shit out, question things, and share my experiences. I also want to highlight different ways you can run your business without spending a fortune, having to make things perfect, or doing what everyone else is doing. I'm just here to start conversations, not to give you all the answers. So if you're cool with that, let's hang. All right, so today I want to talk about small versus large communities. So communities could be like anything, but mostly I'm going to be talking about memberships because I have memberships on the brain because mine is launching this week, but it could also apply to just your community in general, like the size of your email list, the size of your Instagram following, just, you know, your community. So it seems like a lot of people, myself included, sometimes forget and they just want more and more and more, right? Like we just want to grow. We need to grow our audience, grow our communities, grow our whatever. So people always say things like, I only have, you know, this many members, or I only have this many people on my email list, or I only have this many followers on Instagram. So I thought it would be interesting to dive into why we worry about the size of our communities. And sort of just dissect sort of all the different shapes and sizes a community could be and sort of look at the dynamics of like who it's better for. Like I want to look at it in terms of the business owners community, like pros and cons, and then also like being a member of the community, like what's better. Because I feel like it should be a mutual, like mutually beneficial. Anyways, let me get into it. Okay, so on the business owner side, so you are the leader of the community, you're in charge, whatever, you're the owner of the Instagram account, you're the person who's sending out the emails. Why does the business owner crave larger communities? Why do we as business owners crave larger communities? I think the most obvious answer is that we're going to make more money, right? You could argue that it depends on your pricing, but I mean, regardless of your price, whether you're charging $1 or $1,000, If you have one member or you have 10 members, like you're going to make more money if you have more people, right? Regardless. I think also part of it is about ego or building authority or, you know, just feeling confident and looking cool. So instead of having to be like, I only have this many members, you can be like, heck yeah, this many members. And you feel good. Like you have a larger following on Instagram and you feel like, you look more like a badass, right? And I do think there is a little bit of weight when people come to your Instagram account. I'm not going to discredit that, that if they see a lot of people, then they think, oh, a bunch of people are following this person, so I probably should too. So I'm not discrediting that at all and saying it's just ego. But at a certain point, I think it is a little bit ego. And then also the idea that like conversion rates require a larger following. So not 100% of people on your email list or in your Instagram following or on your wherever are going to purchase from you. So you do have to get more people on your list so that when you promote something, you get the amount of signups that you need. I think there's probably more reasons, but those are like the three I came up with for like, why do we as business owners crave larger communities? So then I started thinking, Okay, well, why as a business owner would we crave a smaller community? Like, is that even something we would ever crave? Because I don't ever hear anybody talking about how you could 
not grow your following and that would be a good thing. Um, but here's a few things I came up with. Number one, it would be less admin work, right? Like if we're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, then it feels a little more overwhelming. There's more people asking questions. There's more things not working. There's more people saying, how do I access this? Or I didn't get that email or whatever. Less admin work. I think it's important, like you get to know everybody, everyone. So like when I was a teacher, I would get super pissed if a counselor started adding people to my class after the maximum capacity. So I actually taught at one point, I've taught at many different schools, but at one point I taught at an alternative high school and the ideal class size was 12 students. These students needed a lot more one-on-one support and it was just a smaller school in general. So 12 was like the quote unquote maximum. I had classes sometimes with like 19 or 20 kids and I was mad about it because it was too much for one person, for me, for one person to handle. So I think I think about that. And that's obviously me bringing my experience as a teacher to the table. But like if you talk to any kindergarten teacher who has new kids all the time and they just seems like it's never ending and they're just putting more and more kids in there, you're going to know that a larger community is not always better. Um, that being said, and I'm going to throw in a little bit of snark here, that is if you care about the community. <laughs> Right. I feel like teachers genuinely, usually maybe not all teachers, but we care about the success of our students. And we I mean, and part of it was our own sanity. But like at my school where 12 was the ideal, like and you put 20 in there, it's just not going to run the way it's supposed to run. Kids who have 12 in their class got a lot more attention and got a lot more out of the class than if you were happened to be in seventh period with 20 kids. So enough about that. Anyways. um. For me, it feels more real. Like, think about if you were going to host a party at your house or a barbecue. Or, you know what? Actually, people talk about their weddings a lot and how they didn't even get to say hi to everyone because it was just such a crazy whirlwind day and there were so many people there and it's just so busy. And people come from out of town to your wedding. And then, like, after the wedding, you're like, I didn't even see, you know, Uncle Bob. I didn't even get to talk to him. That's crazy. He flew all the way from California and I didn't even get to say hi. That is what I'm talking about, as opposed to like a backyard barbecue with, you know, 20 people and you're sitting around a fire pit and you're all talking and everybody's engaged. That feels to me more real than a larger um, thing like that. So you get more one-on-one time, but also Like as the business owner, you get more one-on-one time to meet people. And this is, again, assuming that you care about the people in your community and you want to get to know them. So I had a craft business one time where I made missing monsters. Like people would fill out a Mad Lib form about their monster that had gone missing and submit it to me. And then I would make the plush monster and take a picture of it somewhere in Richmond and return it to them and be like, oh, I I called them on the phone. I can't remember the little girl's name, but her monster's name was Chloe. And it was a sleepy bat monster. And I still remember calling that little girl on the phone to let her know that I found Chloe the Bat Monster. And there's something special about that. And if I had scaled that business to whatever, that wouldn't have been me. I mean, that we would have had a call center. It still could have been cool. I'm not saying it's bad to scale. I'm not saying whatever. But for me, that was my favorite part of the whole process. Calling up the people and letting them know that I found their monster. And there's no way I could do that 
every time. I guess I could have snuck a few in as the owner and CEO of Missing Monsters, which I ended up quitting because I was a teacher full time and it was too much. That's a different podcast. Okay, let's talk about the customer side of things. Why would a customer want a larger community? Like, why would they crave a larger community? So at first I was like, they wouldn't. (laughs) Impossible. But really, that would give them the opportunity to meet more people, more opportunities to network and grow their own community. So again, it's still focused on growth. If you have a big community, they think, oh, I'm going to meet more people and then my community is going to get bigger. So I think for me, and you know, I'm always saying, send me an Instagram message. It doesn't have to be a voice memo. I know I say that, but that's because I like a voice. I like to send a voice memo, but you can type, type a paragraph to me if you want. If you're like, you weirdo, I don't want to send you a voice memo. Tell me if you think of anything else, because from the customer side, I couldn't really think of any other reason why they would be like, oh, I want to join this membership because there's 5,000 members. Like to me, that's not, not a pro if you're the customer. If you're the business owner, you're like, sweet, I got 5,000 members. I got 5,000 members. You remember that from Wayne's World? <laughs> but if you're the customer, I couldn't really think of any. So tell me if you think of any. Shoot me a message. Okay. Why would customer crave a smaller community? I feel like, again, they would feel seen and heard. More of the campfire vibe than the wedding vibe of I traveled all the way from California and ain't nobody said hi to me. How rude. I'm going back to California and I'm pissed because nobody even said hi to me. Um, You get to build relationships. So even though from a customer standpoint in a larger community, you'd have more opportunity to meet people. I think in a smaller community, you have the opportunity to really meet people, like get to know them and build a relationship with them. And if it is like a paid membership or something like that, like you get time in the hot seat or you get time to talk to the community and say like, this is something I'm struggling with. And the host of the community can weigh in and share their expertise, but also like the other members could share their expertise. Those are the reasons I think as a customer, you would crave smaller community, right? Tell me if I forgot anything, like hit me up for real. This is just me thinking out loud. So I just finished um, writing a series of emails for this launch that I'm doing of my membership, which is called F That, a scrappy business community. It's changed names a few times. So just in case you want to know the latest and greatest, it's a scrappy business community. But I wrote a seven-day series of emails filled with old photos and stories about communities from my past and things I've done and, you know, whatever. The storytelling thing. It's hip. It's hip these days. So I talk about an event in Richmond called Best Friends Day. So Best Friends Day 1, I'm not going to give away too much because the emails are really good. I'm really proud of them. But Best Friends Day was a few friends started off at a lake. First Best Friends Day, handful of friends. What I'm talking about, you know, your barbecue. And Best Friends Day 10 was like this crazy music festival. It looks like, I mean, I say it looks like because I didn't go to Best Friends Day 10. I wasn't. I wasn't invited to Best Friends Day 1 because those people weren't my besties. But I was also like had already had a kid and was pregnant with my second kid when Best Friends Day 10 happened. So I wasn't cool anymore. But the point is I was pretty good friends with the people who started it. I was friends with them during Best Friends Day 1. But that's okay. Just kidding. By the time I got to 10, it was a lot. It was a lot of like I was saying before, like admin work you know, 
sure there was, I don't know. I can't even imagine. If you get the emails and you see this picture, you'll see what I mean. It was a lot. They were overwhelmed. I mean, I still think that they enjoyed doing it. I still think it was fun. They had huge bands towards the end. Whatever. The people who liked it in the beginning, I don't think, like, recognized it by the end. Like, me included. Like, it wasn't an event for me anymore in 2019. So, the other idea is that there, it wasn't, like, best friends day, right? Like, if I went in 2019... It was so many people that it certainly wasn't my best friend's day. Like, I don't know all those people. Who are these people? And to be honest, it was attracting, like, younger people by 2019. You know, a decade from the beginning to the end. Like I said, I was I had a kid and I was pregnant. So it just wasn't for me anymore. So it wasn't really... I mean, I'm sure those kids had fun at Best Friend's Day. It was their friends. But it was way too many people. Nobody was best friends with everybody at Best Friend's Day. But the very first Best Friend's Day... Everybody there was friends. Does that make sense? So, whatever. It just sort of sold out and it wasn't the same. So, it just made me think, too, like, what's the deal? I mean, I've been in big courses and they encouraged us to make our own little small accountability groups. And I think that's where some people really made great connections and got a lot of feedback. But it wasn't from the person that they paid money to. It was from their peers, like other people in the group. So how can you have a membership that makes you money and is sustainable for you, but also a great experience for your members? (sighs) That's a big question, right? Like it needs to be beneficial for everybody. So you know how I am. I'm not going to dive in right now and give you the three tips to tell you what to do to answer that question. But I've been thinking about it, obviously, because I'm launching my membership. So, I mean, you can think about price. And I'm not, I, I want to clear clear the air. I don't know why I said clear the air, because I don't think I've ever talked about this before. But I'm not really a huge fan of pricing things based on what you need as the business owner. Like, based solely on that. I don't know if this is very prevalent, but one time I did a discovery call with a coach. And she was like, well, how much do you want to make? And I said, well, I don't know, 5K a month. I just pulled it out of the air. 5K a month. That seems fine. And she was like, okay, well, you just have to sell two people something that's $2,500 a month. And then you meet your revenue goals. And I was like, uh, should we care about what I'm selling them at all? Or we're just worried about like, you want this much money, just sell two chumps this thing for this much and you'll be good. Like that method just feels really self-serving and doesn't sit right with me at all. I think you can definitely look at your money goals and I think you could look at how much time you can give, especially in a membership, like how much time are they going to get with you? And also like what is included with what you're offering? Is there a community aspect? Like are they on in a Facebook group or Slack group? Is there weekly calls is there monthly calls is there that like just thinking about what are you offering how much time it takes you how much time you have to be live because I feel like that sort of time is different feels different to me than like creating something in the background versus like having to show up at a certain time so for my membership the way right now that it's structured is that you get access to all my workshops so right now while I'm recording this there are six in the vault. So it's a price 
that I'm launching at that I feel good about for those products, plus co-working and peer coaching. We meet two times a month live, and there's six workshops in the vault, which will grow over the next 12 months. So if people sign up during this launch and pay the amount I'm asking, then they will also get 12 more. So six plus 12, 18. They'll have 18 at the end of the year, which I feel like, oh, snap, I better raise my price. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, because it's only six in there right now. So I'm asking them to buy in right now at six, you know? And as the vault grows, I will stair-step my prices. So if you listen to the money episode, you know that I'm a big fan of raising your prices. I feel like when I first started my business, people were like, oh, you can't raise them. It's so hard to raise. Like, I don't know. I'm like, no, you can raise them. So as more things are in the vault, I will raise the price. And the people that are in there now will be grandfathered in because they were the people who hopped in when it was just six. Like, I feel like that's community. That's relationship building. Like, you believed in me when it was just six and you hopped in. And then if you're like sitting in the background, and you're like, no, I don't know. I'm gonna wait and see what else she comes up with. Then you might have to pay a little more because there's more in there. That's how I'm approaching it. But obviously when I talk about saying F that to the rules, I don't think it works the same way for everyone. So I also came up with an idea of busting out my calculator and being like, okay, well, I want a six-figure membership because I think a lot of times people are like, you should raise your price. You should raise your price because they just think, again, with the more, 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 like more people, higher price, more money, get it, get it, get it, get it, girl, get it, get it, girl. I don't know. It's a lot. But then I'm like, okay, but I do need to make money. So let's say I want a six-figure membership. You know, I don't love saying things like that, but also I, lo I would love I would love to make six figures. So let's say that the most members I could possibly handle would be like 125. And I'm saying 125 because when I taught high school at a traditional high school, that was about the number of students I saw in a day. I know that sounds, that sounds wild, right? To see, see 125 kids in a day. But if you think about it, I taught five classes, 25 kids a class is 125 kids a day. All right. So I'm going to take 100 thousand dollars and divide it by 125 students or members and that will is 800 dollars. so if i had 125 members pay me 800 dollars a year that would be a hundred thousand dollars a year that's crazy 800 dollars. like people would see that and go oh you need to raise your price you need to raise your price which by the way the membership is nowhere near 800 dollars right now because when I first started, it was going to just be $13 a month. Um, and there's people grandfathered in at $13 a month. And I'm not scared to say that because they have <laughs> been with me while this thing has morphed and morphed and morphed. Uh, they're my OGs. They hopped in when I needed them to. And I love them. They're my faves. I mean, they're not my faves. You'll be my fave too if you don't mind. Just kidding. I mean, not just kidding. You will be. Let me stop. <clears throat> I'm not going to edit that out. Anyways, <laughs> right now, you know what I mean? Like right now we meet twice a month and 125 people in one Zoom, Zoom meeting would be way too much. So if I was going to get 125 members and charge $800, I would definitely be adding more Zoom meetings. Okay, so that also means, I told you before, showing up live to me feels like it's more, like it's just 
I don't want to say it's more valuable to the people, but it's harder for me with kids, with families, with I would love to travel a little more when my kids get older. So committing to being live on Zoom more than I already am, I don't know. That might have to be more than $800. And maybe I could hire some people, like some teacher's assistants. Like maybe there's a few other people who host things. I would want to pay them fairly. So maybe it would be more than $800. I don't know. But do you see how it's different to think about like, what am I offering? What are they getting? What do I need to get? And where does that fall for the pricing? So I just think you have to sit down and play with the numbers. Like you guys know I love Liz Wilcox. Her membership is $9 a month and she just hit 1,500 members. Whoop, whoop. And I'm not saying that a big membership is bad. I'm in that membership and I'm happy about it. But I don't know all 1,500 members. It's very different than other communities I'm in where I do know members. So, I mean, I do know some of her members because there's 1,500 in there. And I'm like, oh, cool, you're in there, me too. But it's not because of the membership that I know them. But for $9 a month, what Liz provides is 1,000% worth it, right? So. Also, you should just know that at $9 a month with 1,500 members, she made it to 100K, right? Well, let me do the math. 162K. So when people see her membership, I'm sure a lot of people are like, $9? You need to raise your price. She doesn't. She's got it. She knows what she's doing. So it's interesting to me how different things can look and what works for you. Like Liz does one Q&A a month. And I joined as a yearly member, so I do get her workshops. So you have to think about what you want your community to look like. So I want to build, for me, I want to build a closer-knit community. As a former teacher, I just think I'm craving the community aspect of all this. Um, So I have to charge more than $9 because I want the people to get to know each other. And I want to have a smaller, more intimate membership. So even though I like the idea of charging $9, it would not be sustainable for me because I don't want to deal with 1,500 members. You feel me? But I also don't want to just be like, I'm going to charge $1,000 a month because I want 100K and that will only need nine members. If I charge $1,000 a month, I would only need like nine members, right? I mean, 10 members would be $120,000 a year. So. I could do that, but if I'm charging people $1,000 a month, like, I'm going to have to give up way more access to myself, and I would feel much more um, committed. Like, that, to me, is like a coaching program, and I don't want to build a coaching program. So more like $1,000 a year for a person, not $1,000 a month, seems way more um, in line with what I want. And to be honest, it's called a scrappy business community. Like, I want this community to be for people who don't have $1,000 a month to invest right now. And that's not because it's a money mindset issue for them. It's because, like, bills are real and income is real. And I want to be able to support them in a fun, tight-knit community and help them market their business more creatively. But, yeah, there's a million ways to get to 100 k a year, right? More students at a lower price, less students at a higher price. For me, growing my membership slow and steady is what's going to work for me. And also, it's not my it's not my only source of income, right? I do graphic design for people. I do VIP days. I have a monthly retainer clients. 
the community is just something I want to build to help people who aren't quite ready to invest in VIP days and aren't quite ready to have a monthly retainer, but that still want to hang out with me and get some cool ideas for marketing that can be a little more scrappy. And again, because they're coming and hanging out with me and they're part of my community, I'm actually during this launch giving them a certain amount of money off of VIP days if they end up working with me. And I'm giving them a special price on content reviews if they want to do that with me. Because for me, if you're in my community, you're my people and I'm going to look out for you. That's what I feel like community means to me. It doesn't mean I just want to get this monthly reoccurring revenue and I just want to make this much per month. I want people to raise their hand and say, oh my gosh, Deanna, love it. I'm here for it. I want to be in your community. So, and then I want to take care of those people. That's what it means to me. So when you're looking to join a community or you're looking to build a community, I just want you to be thinking about what are your goals and what kind of community is going to work for you. There's no right or wrong answer. As you know, that's my philosophy about most things on business. So I just think it's up to you to decide what's going to work for you when you're building a community and when you're joining a community. Make sense? If you're still listening to this, I just want to let you know that my membership is opening today, the 25th of May. Oh, I was a poet and didn't even know it. It's opening today, the 25th of May. I'm not going to ramble on about it, but you can go to fthatcommunity.com to learn more and join if it feels like a good fit for you. But um, please reach out on Instagram and let me know what your thoughts on all this or if you have a membership and what you're doing and how that looks. But I hope you found this valuable. I think it was. I feel like it was. Okay, see you next time. Don't forget, if you're listening and you have something to say about something I said, I'm pretty much begging you to send me a voice memo on Instagram and tell me what you're thinking. Agree? Disagree? Want to share a personal story of yours? The whole point of this podcast is to start a conversation, and I can't do that without you. So hit me up on Instagram at the Deanna Seymour. See you there. And thanks for listening. Love you, bye.